Welcome to Mind Body Health, everybody. We are joined here. My name is Cobb. I'm in the studio in Philo, and over there in the studio in Ukiah is our host, Dr. Marvin Trotter. Howdy, Cobb. Good morning. So we're kind of, as you told me, shooting from the hip a little bit today because the guest planned and arranged for had to cancel last minute such as the world of doctors as i'm sure you could tell us all about right and hopefully we'll have them on in a couple of weeks so we'll see it's a it's an important topic with judson yeah so in the meanwhile um we're going to kind of do a little bit of open lines and questioning for marvin and what we'd like you to know then is that this Mind Body Health show is with our our ER doc here, Dr. Marvin Trotter, and we are going to open up the phone line 707-895-2448 for your questions out there as, as you are listening today. And to begin with, Marvin, if you could maybe just go over your qualifications a bit of your history and what brought this show to life well actually um i was the public health officer when kzoax called me up and asked me to do a show um carmel angelo didn't want me to do the show because she couldn't control what i said but the er group thought it was a great idea and uh thought so i did the show as an er doctor and when was this? When did you start doing this show? It was 10 years ago, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but but KZOAX, uh, and I thought it was great, because as public health officer, you were always looking for a medium to talk about, you know, SIDS deaths or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you know, public health issues they were. So KZOAX came up with the idea, and... I've been very happy with the number of people that have been willing to go on the show. You know, a lot of quality people uh, have made the show. So today, I I thought we would talk about two or three different things, but then see what people wanted to talk about. You know, just answer questions briefly and make it a a variety show. We can talk about COVID or AFib, uh, atrial fibrillation, or, you know, uh, community health or, you know, any number of topics. Uh, somebody told me, you know, to talk about community health because I'll tell you that working in the clinic, seeing people with, you know, uh, a lot of uh, physical diseases, the people that are doing best are people that are engaged in the community. And that can be working at plowshares. It can be doing playing volleyball at the Alex Rohrbach Center, um, you know, Uh, Community health is a big thing. My daughter Amber tells me that um, participating in the community uh, does wonders for you. And your mental health really depends on your community. Um, I was out at the 50th anniversary for the Greenfield Ranch uh, Saturday. And they have a community. And they have friends and support. And, you know, uh, it's, you know, they all have problems. But all of us do and having that community of support makes a big difference and be it the church or your soccer team or your neighborhood or you know whatever your you know your art class 
it's it's important to be involved in the community i think it's given me a lot of pleasure the last 30 years yeah that's something we can definitely highlight and have on this show quite a bit um and just so you know out there if you're listening especially if you've never given a call and you got a question or a topic you'd like marvin to address because he is our expert host um, been doing doctoring for quite a while. You can call in to 707-895-2448. And um, as you're speaking community, you mentioned you were the, uh, what was it, the chief medical officer, your ER doc, and, and now you're working not in the ER in Ukiah, but elsewhere, correct? Well, no, I gave up the ER, decided I was too old and didn't want to knock anybody off. Um, but I'm very happy working the Round Valley Indian Health Clinic in Covalo Thursdays and Fridays. It's, um, it's a clinic, but it's not just internal medicine, which is what I was trained in. Um, but it's a, a little bit of an ER as well. You know, you can have mm-hmm. a last Friday, there was a sick 10-month-old that came in. You know, a couple of weeks before that, I was an 80-year-old with chest pain. So... Um, I get to sew up people once in a while. So it's a it's it's a very challenging clinic that's really well run, a lot of good people. You know, there's a community at the clinic. Yeah. All right, and we have a caller. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Well hi. Um so it's not so much a question, but I was just um kind of inspired to call when you started to talk about community and um so uh, my name is Sue Sweet, and <clears throat> I'm a marriage family therapist and art therapist, and um, I just wanted to kind of do a shout-out that um, the Art Therapy Cancer Support Group that I've been doing for several years is back on. Um, Great. We were, yeah, we weren't meeting because of COVID, and so we're scheduled to start up again on September 9th. Um Tell us so a little bit about to... the program specifically, Sue. <clears throat> what was that, Marvin? I'm sorry. Tell, tell us a little bit specifically about the program. So the program is, um, well, I'm a cancer survivor myself, and so I've been doing art therapy for, for years um, for my own healing, and then um, and, and now I'm a practicing art therapist in MFT. So... And, Anyway, I was inspired to start a program about six years ago, um, and Adventist Health partnered with me with that for several years, and as of um, this last year, the Cancer Resource Center has, has uh, you know, partnered with me to um, continue the program. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. I didn't expect to talk this long. Um, so... No. If, yeah, if you don't okay, mind, do, yeah. yeah, can you tell us, for those that don't know, what is art therapy? Um, well, art therapy is a, it's a psychodynamic um, way of working. It, uh, it uses art, art, oh God, that's a big question. I could go on and on about it, but it, Basically, for the Art Therapy Cancer Support Group, it, it, it provides a, uh, a, a container for people to 
express themselves through art and um, explore their journey of, with cancer. And um, there's so many things that happen when people are doing art. You know, they're, it's, they're, it's not the cognitive chatter stuff. It's more emotional, um, access to emotional uh, and imagery and things like that. And so mm-hmm. it... it um, brings that to the surface to reflect back to a person kind of what's happening for them, and then they can kind of cognitively um, process it. So, but in a group setting, it's really powerful because people are going through similar issues, and and they can share on a deeper level. They can explore their strengths. It's relaxing. It's fun. It's um, proactive. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just talking. It's actually doing something. Uh, and it's very bonding. The the group um, gets uh, pretty close, and several of them have branched out, and they meet for lunch, and they take each other to appointments, and you know, so it's a very it's a community building um, process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's as surprising. an well, as an art therapist, uh, what kind of like certification or education background does that mean? So, um, so what I did is I got my master's in um, counseling psychology and for my MFT piece, and then I did a post-master's, which was a three-year program, um, and got a certificate in art therapy. Um, oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's an additional two and a half to three years, yeah. So if anyone out there is interested to follow up with you or follow up with art therapy and what that is and what that might mean for them uh how might they find out more about that well they can give me a call if they'd like um my number is 707-671-5122 or they can email me at um s sweet so it's s s w e e t 56 at hotmail.com and if they're interested in the class, it's it's pretty much it's filling up really fast. Um, and it starts September 9th, and it goes through October 29th. It's on Friday mornings at the ARC uh, from 9.30 to noon. And um, it's a lot of fun. We have fun. Um, so if anyone's interested, let me know. I, I'm, I might have to start creating a waiting list, but we're hoping to uh, keep it going. So Cool. And I think this is a great example, a phenomenal example. You have the Cancer Resource Center meeting at the ARC, doing community, making emotional artwork that binds people and helps them through difficult times. And Sue's a phenomenal artist. And I'm, you know, I think it's, and they've done beautiful things that I've seen in the past. And it's a perfect example of what we were talking about. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for listening. It's a great show. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. 671-5122. Okay, and we've had a caller on hold. I hope they stuck with us. Let's find out. Nope. Okay, everyone, if you're out there uh, like Sue was and you want to call in the Mind Body Health Show today with your host, Dr. Marvin Trotter, the number to call is 707-895-2448. Please... Bear with us. I can put you on hold if we already have someone on the air. And, you know, sometimes the way the phone system works, you got to keep trying. So that number is 
895-2448, but we'll do your best to get you in here with your questions or, you know, like Sue called in to highlight the program she's working for. And in the meanwhile, we have another call coming in. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Hi there. I, I was the one on hold before. Oh, great. Well, thanks for calling right back. Yeah. Um, well, my what I first wanted to say before that last caller was that um, to, when I heard Dr. Trotter talk about, you know, having, you know, some kind of support group or whatever people and, you know, from uh, work, sports, you know, arts, whatnot, I want to say that um, uh, when somebody falls off the world, mine was the accumulation of injuries, uh, you know, just too long of overwork, too much, too long for, with too little. But anyway, mm, you don't just lose your job and your income. You lose almost everything. I couldn't afford to keep going to dance class or, you know, to do the activities where I uh, uh, had all these relationships. My work relationships were gone. You know, all these different relationships were gone. And um, anyway, I was either an object of pity or fear. Okay, so that, you know, that was 20-some years ago. Um, now I finally managed to uh, get cancer, and I do have a couple of, you know, kind friends who, you know, also aren't doing well. But, and then when I heard the last caller talking about the art therapy, I just want to say something about uh, something that I studied and have been, like, looking for and would love to find a group of people who are willing to do. It's called voice movement therapy and it's another step deeper i mean I, i've done art therapy and stuff before and you know it's me you know it is helpful it is insightful but voice movement therapy and i you part of my work before i was uh too injured was to uh do uh, physical therapy and healing work on people. So, so caller, I have a really strong sense of it. Just wanting anyway. to move you along a bit because we got other calls coming in. But okay. uh, voice movement anyway, therapy. If people voice want movement therapy, um, sheesh. Thank you. And then there is there like a contact that, or an email well, you're saying I you want to start? Say look it up and study okay. about it. And that art therapy gal. And the other thing I want to point out is. Even the art therapy. Okay, I'm going to cut you off so we can yeah, move along. Another Thanks. Well, they can't. Thank you. So, yeah, we just Voice have to. therapy. That's another, yeah, another thing. Yeah, great it's a suggestion. Hard thing cancer. You know, for 20 years or more, I was in the ER, and that was such a wonderful community, you know, and I think it's really hard when you lose a job and lose all those contacts. Um, so. If you're calling in, the number to call is 707-895-2448, and we'll just ask that if you've been attempting to call, uh, bear with the phone system. We'll get you on hold as we can, and sometimes it's you know tough to read for you on your end, and I know carriers 
um, have their own relations with that, from what I've heard uh, during other call-in shows that I work with. So that number to call, 707-895-2448, and that will get you through to the studio to uh, bring up what you want to bring up or ask Marvin a question. Welcome There's, on Mighty Health. You're live on the radio. Oh, hello. Uh, I don't know if this is appropriate for Dr. Trotter, uh, but um, I've been feeling that there's a seemingly very difficult um, health problem with regard to the function of our supervisors. And um, they had essentially couldn't figure out uh, the financial... Uh, 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 yep, so I'm going to cut you off and, right there, um, caller. And, uh, yes, yeah, so this is... The Mind Body Health Show, and Marvin, if you could Medical just questions, I, I don't know how to talk about the supervisors. That would be difficult. Yeah. I was hoping for more. You know, if somebody had a question about atrial fibrillation or whatever, you're so, you're a doctor. That's what you're I'm an expert in. I'm not a psychologist. That's my daughter. Yeah, uh, but we were highlighting um, the health benefits health. and how important community. Yes is which relates to the history of this program and your motivation for starting it and a lot of the themes that we've been discussing over the years with mind body health and so so far today like i say the number to call in with your questions for dr marvin trotter is 707-895-2448 we'll do our best to get you in with your questions or you know, if, uh, what he's been bringing up, we did have, uh, let's see, Sue, I, I lost her last name. Sue Sweet. As a, Sue Sweet. Yeah, and Sue Sweet, who was an art therapist and had a local program to highlight uh, in terms of community. If that's you out there, similar with your program, uh, go ahead and call us up and give a quick update and some contact information because that's helpful to get out to the listeners and in the meanwhile, we've got a caller. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Hi. I just wondered, is it still uh, desirable for people to report positive uh, at-home rapid tests? And if so, how do you do that? Good question. Um, COVID has now moved into a very contagious um, type and I think lots of people are positive and calling public health, asking them. Um, uh, Dr. Corrin and um, public health are doing a great job with COVID. The only good thing I can tell you is that nobody's being intubated and dying in the hospital like they were a year ago. So I think people are getting COVID. I think they feel terrible. But fortunately... For most of these people, they're not getting, um, you know, they're not dying from it. Having said that, I was surprised to see an article that says one out of eight people that get COVID have some long-term effects. And that, you know, you can get everything from cardiomyopathies to um, all kinds of things from COVID. So, it's still a significant uh, illness. Um, we need to try to prevent it. You know, I've been vaccinated. I've gotten COVID also in spite of being vaccinated. But contact public health 
Yeah, and just with a quick search, what I'm finding out is um, as of April 4th, 2022, um, it says report something like to your public health department. So you might be able to look that up. And if anybody out there knows for sure about that, uh, go ahead and call in. You could call in uh, right now, 707-895-2448. If you out there know that information uh, directly. There was a couple of uh, medical topics that I wanted to talk about when you when we don't have a phone call. Okay. Well. Lost that one again. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Well, let's hear, uh, Doctor Trotter. What else were you thinking of? Well, I've had three people I know that have been diagnosed with colon cancer in the last sixty days. <laughs> um, one young, as young as fifty, and um, I just want to tell people: if you have any sort of rectal bleeding, don't wait six months. Um, get a colonoscopy. And colon cancer, unfortunately, is becoming a younger, younger sort of thing. Um, it's interesting that colon cancer doesn't exist in Africa uh, because they don't eat so much red meat and they have a high-fiber diet. And like the nutritionist we had on, you know, fiber, fiber, fiber. Yeah. But colon cancer is uh, a terrible thing. Uh, get a screening colonoscopy when you get older. Um, and if you have rectal bleeding or other symptoms, uh, get a colonoscopy. And what um, what is just for folks that don't understand uh, what is a basic colonoscopy okay. screening and like what age is the target for right. getting that first done? Um, it used to be um, fifty five, and some people even go as low as forty five now. Um, but what you do is um, oh you you don't eat certain foods for a day, then twenty four hours before the test you go on a Gatorade diet. Um, and take some um, laxatives, but then you take a you, you're given Ativan or something. I don't remember a thing about my colonoscopy. Uh, the two of I've had, I, I don't have any recollection because they give you nice drugs, and then they take a small tube with a camera on it and put it up your rectum into your colon, and then they withdraw it looking for polyps because if you find polyps, those are usually usually precancerous. And you snip the polyps off, and you don't come up with disease where you're, you know, you have liver metastasis and die of colon cancer. It's well, higher in the African American population. The only really exciting thing I can tell you that I've just read about in the last 30 days, they now are doing a blood test for colon cancer. They wow. found four RNA enzymes, and somebody has come up with a blood test that's 90 something percent accurate. So my hopes is that in the near future, when you go for your annual physical exam, you can have a colon blood test and pick up stuff very early. Got it. And answer blood test. Couple questions I have, Marvin, is uh, what age is the uh, minimum age where it's recommended to get a colonoscopy, a screening for that? I, I would certainly start at fifty because it's getting young in the younger population. Got it. And that's for both male and female bodies? Yes. Yeah. And if you have a negative test when you're 50, it may be five years before you have to have another one. Got it. Okay. And the other thing is to remember if your you know, aunt or grandfather or mother had colon cancer, 
you're at a higher risk and should be screened. Got it. Um, and then you mentioned regular yearly physical. Who should be getting that done and at what ages? You know, I would have one done when you're in your 30s sometimes, you know, certainly by 40, because you'd be surprised how many people have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So just going to your doctor, if you get a strep throat or you have a bladder infection, just um, having uh, your blood pressure done and make sure that you don't develop diabetes. I can't tell you what a scourge diabetes is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then women, you know, start having mammographies when they're 40. There's now Dr. Winkle. Laura has got this MRI mammography that doesn't have radiation anymore. Um, and it's very, it's very good. I'm just saying that prevention, prevention, prevention. You, you know, um, if you find a polyp in your colon and you have it taken out, guess what? You didn't just die of colon cancer, some terrible death 10 years later, five years later. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, you know, uh, 90% of women find out they have breast cancer by finding a lump in their breast, not by monography, or 80%. So, um, you know, taking care of yourself and preventative stuff is where the money is. Got it. Uh, and when you say where the money is, um, are these preventative measures typically covered by most insurance? Yes. That you know of? You know, some, yeah. some of them aren't. You know, I think colonoscopy, um, um, I would just always say I have some blood in my stool, and then it's covered. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that's you know, that's a good little... Game. Yeah, that's a good trick. Well, you know, it's it bothers me that, that we have a for-profit healthcare system. Mm-hmm. One out of every $5 spent in the United States now is healthcare. And we don't have the stats to say it's greater. You know, it's a great deal. Canada spends half the money we do per year per person, and they have better results. Got it. So, uh, moving right along, we do have a caller waiting with a question. And I want everyone out there listening to know that you're listening to the Mind Body Health Show. Um, with your host, Dr. Marvin Trotter. My name's Cobb. I'm engineering in the Philo studio to facilitate this. And uh, we had a guest cancel earlier, so we're doing very much an open lines program this morning. If you have questions for Dr. Marvin Trotter, um, and we're talking about a few subjects that are of particular interest and inspiration to him. Um, the number to call is 707-895-2448. And that gets you live into the KZYX studio. Like this caller, welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Yeah, hello, good morning. Thank you for the show. Um, I'm, I wanted to talk a little bit or ask a little bit about AFib and what the sort of current feelings about it are. I have been diagnosed with persistent AFib for about eight or nine months now, and um, I was fairly symptomatic, and weakness and lightheadedness and low energy and so on, and and I was in the process of preparing for a uh, hybrid maze procedure to hopefully get back to regular sinus rhythm. However, um, that's been delayed and delayed and taking a long time to get around to it. And now I'm not 
particularly symptomatic. I've gotten a lot better in my energy. What I'm wondering is kind of if you know what the current thinking is on um, whether I should um, go for this procedure, which involves two separate procedures, both with general anesthesia and brief hospitalizations during an epidemic, and I'm in my late 70s. So I'm just thinking that it might be better to just proceed with the way I am now rather than go through this procedure. I'm wondering what the thinking is on that right now. You actually brought up a topic I wanted to talk about. Thank you. Uh, Before you answer his question, yeah, will you tell us what AFib is, Dr. Marvin Trotter, for people that don't know? Atrial fibrillation, good point. Cobb always makes the show better. Atrial fibrillation is when the top part of your heart quivers at 400 beats a minute. So there's four chambers in your heart. The top two chambers are called atrium. And if you shake jello, that's sort of what is happening to the top part of your heart. Usually, there's a sinus node in the right atrium that fires off. That's a regular pacemaker for your heart. The top two chambers contract, and then the bottom two chambers contract. And that's normal sinus rhythm. Atrial fibrillation is when you have this electrical storm and the top part of the heart is quivering at 400 beats a minute. And depending on your bundle of hiss in the middle of your heart, you can have atrial fib with a rate of 36. You can have atrial fib with a rate of 236. So it really depends on how regulated you are. And what happens with the patient like he's talking about, when he first had it, he may have had a pulse of 180 all the time. And if you want to just feel the pulse in your wrist, it should be boom, 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 boom. Atrial fibrillation is you can diagnose it yourself, but your finger's on your wrist. And if it's irregularly irregular, irregularly irregular, there's no pattern to it. Boom, 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 boom. That's atrial fibrillation. So when you go on beta blockers and you control the bundle of the Hiss, you you give them low pressure and medicines to where you no longer are fast. You have a, your, your top part of your heart is quivering, but the number of beats that are going to the bottom of your heart are around 70 or 80. So you're going about your day and you feel pretty good and it's no problem. The older you are and the longer you've had atrial fibrillation, the, it, the decreasing chance that the ablation therapy uh, is going to work. So when I had atrial fibrillation, I went over to St. Helena. Uh, uh, Dr. Duvat Karuni, Monica put this catheter up my right wrist into my heart and using a cold tip catheter scarred the inside of my atrium. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, it, it doesn't, you know, it just, you're ablating little scars. So when the focus which causes the atrial fibrillation to quiver at 400 minutes a minute, they run into the scars, they don't work. So your normal rhythm is protected. I had this done three or four years ago, and I've never taken medication, and I've never, and I've been in normal sinus rhythm since then. No These problem. Are, so what the caller's asking about, they're fairly low-risk surgeries, it sounds like. There's 1% chance of stroke, 1% chance, and it really depends on if you do an echocardiogram and look at your heart, if, you're right, if your atrium are, are dilated because of this, 
and he's in his late 70s and he's had it for two or three years, um, maybe he only has a 50 or 60% of success. But for most people, if you find out you have atrial fibrillation, I took medications for two years to stay in rhythm, but then the medications didn't work and I had the ablation. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, you know, I went in the morning and I left, left at lunch. And it was a great thing. So, um, it worked for me. How common is atrial fibrillation and in what groups of people? Millions and millions of people have atrial fibrillation. The older you get, the more common it is. Um, and um, it's the most common irregular heartbeat you can get. And is it something that people can screen for or is it? Just something you notice one day and so you go into the doctor and ask to find out? Most people have a fluttering or they feel like there's a butterfly in their chest. Mm -hmm. But seriously, just feel your pulse. If it's irregular, if you have an irregular rhythm all the time. And I'm just saying, if it's regular nine or ten beats and then there's one irregular beat, that's not atrial fibrillation. If there's fast and irregular, then... Just going to a doctor's office and have them take your pulse is fine. And then as far as how they handle that, is that something like a regular family practice doctor does, or do they give you a referral to a specialist, or what was that like? Um, you, the regular family doctor, can put you on low pressure and control the rate, but if you want to start talking about ablation and that sort of thing, or if the usual medicines don't work you need to see a cardiologist got it um so if you're uh listening out there on kzyx today uh, and you want to call in with your questions for dr marvin trotter the number to call is 707-895-2448 that's 895-2448 we'll get you live into the studio with your question and you had said you'd wanted to bring this up on your own was there any other Issue one bring nope. he that was a beautiful call. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Oh, got it. Uh, and what other subjects were you wanting to bring up? The one other one that I want to bring up because I see so much of it now working with uh, Madrone Care, the palliative care group, mm-hmm. is methamphetamine induced cardiomyopathy. And that may sound weird and you don't think it's happening, but I am shocked at how many 40 year old people using methamphetamines have ruined their heart. And I guess the simple way of saying it is that every time you use methamphetamines, you cause a little BB heart attack to your heart. Hmm. And so when my heart squeezes, think of you clenching your fist, 65% of the blood goes out to my body, okay? Mm -hmm. With all these little heart attacks from methamphetamines, these people have 20% or a third of their cardiac output and probably have a life expectancy of two years. And it's, it's because they've shot their heart on methamphetamines, which is a terrible scourge in Mendocino mm. County. Yeah, and that's something you've been seeing frequently, you're saying? It's because um, when you have only a third of your heart function, you can get on palliative care, which Madrone Care does for cancer and all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. And you get more attention from Medi-Cal trying to keep you out of the hospital. Got it. Palliative care is something we've had on this show as a subject. I know we had uh, someone trained in that that was involved with street medicine as a guest recently. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a pretty interesting show, and they were definitely doing a lot of outreach, of course, to the unhoused population uh, to help get them the medical services. And we, yeah. we do yeah. have a caller coming yeah. in. Okay. I'll just say, yeah, palliative care is a really good help if you have a serious illness. And it's my drone care, and it's 380-5080, um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, here, 380-5080. Okay, yeah. call and, Oh, and just to recap that, for those that don't know, what is palliative care in plain language? So hospice, you're expected to die in the f- next six months. Palliative care, you have a serious illness that you might die from in the next two years. Mm-hmm. And you get a 24-7 nurse call. You know, there's lots of support socially, medically. And so, say you have lung cancer or breast cancer. And, you know, or, you know, there's a lot of bad diseases out there. And you're struggling medically. And you don't have a good life expectancy. It's not like you're calling up hospice and saying, I'm, wh- I'm ready to give up. You get a lot of supportive care to stay out of the hospital and stay more healthy. Got it. Okay, thanks for that. And we do have a caller. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, I, I too, had uh, an ablation about uh, five or six years ago. And uh, prior to that, I'd had cardioversion at least six times. No and kidding. I was really <laughs> glad to be rid of that. And now the question, mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever heard of any studies done to correlate, uh, if there is a correlation, between the body's pH and any bodily disorder? Um, you know, there's so many medical questions like that that I don't know about. I would have to Google it. You know, the body's pH is controlled pretty pretty close for everybody. So I don't know of any correlation between pH and atrial fibrillation, but I'm ignorant on a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's a big deal, though. I have read just a tiny bit about that, and I know, you know, as not an expert, uh, Marvin, but getting basic EMT training and the, and the physiology yeah. a person yeah. gets at that basic level... It's pretty amazing that our bodies work at all any given day. There's so much that could go wrong. And what we do to our bodies. Yeah. Who's who's eating right? Who's exercising? Who's got good mental health? I mean, the body's phenomenal. It really is uh, quite resilient and um, and it. You know, when something really does go out of balance in a significant way that can result in a sudden emergency or what have you, um, you know, getting care and definitive care at those crucial times really helps our bodies to heal up, and they can heal up really quickly. It's amazing to me. But but what I see in the clinic, 90% of what I've seen in the last 30 years is people not taking care of themselves. You know, people don't go for a 30-minute walk. People don't eat properly. People, you know, drink too much Dr. Pepper. Um, you know, I'm guilty. So, yeah, when you say people, you're talking yourself there. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying the general population, you know, those people that don't eat, drink, or smoke themselves to death, 
do pretty well. We have a remarkable physical, you know, body. But go out and move. Go, you know, exercise. Eat, eat your veggies and your fiber. Okay, I'll stop there. Um, do we have another call or is there a topic? Uh, not at the about? moment, but I will just say if you have a question to bring up with Dr. Marvin Trotter, uh, you know, he's our expert doctor, uh, ER doc, a lot of experience. You can call in at 707-895-2448. We'll get you live in the studio with your question. And we do have a call coming in. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Hi. Um, I, I want to add something to the, the colon cancer thing. Okay. Um, yep. I had a friend at age 75 who was just having his first colonoscopy, and, um, and and he had a sudden problem, and they found, they did find a colon cancer. And the doctor said that, that it could, could easily be related, because he had an excellent diet. Wow, not many of us you know, eat the fiber and, and stay away from the, the red meat like he did. But he was a big smoker, unfiltered cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And the, the doctor said that that was, it's not well known, but that is really a common cause of colon cancer, yeah. uh, you know, along with so many other um, things. I, so, it's the, you know, yeah. go ahead, doctor. Um, you know, I'm sure it's a, a risk factor somehow. I've never heard it as a cause um, but who knows, you know, I mean, if you look at smokers, yeah. smokers get more cancers than anybody, all kinds of cancers. Uh-huh. Well, it might be that this doctor had a particular, you know, experience Opinion. with that, and yeah. that's why he yeah. was, um, you know, mentioning it. I don't know. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then, sure, uh-huh. and then one other quick thing. Um, I want to suggest that, that if anyone having their, their first colonoscopy has a family member who's been told that they have an extra long colon, that that is that can really make make the uh, the, the the test more difficult to to get a clear reading on. And uh-huh. I just I know from experience that that it can be helpful to to fast longer the day before. Just kind of um, you know make make your preparation that much more. Yeah. You you want More a clean colon or it's a wa- or it's a waste of time. Okay, and thanks for the call. Um, so, yep. What I want to kind of bring up and ask about is mm-hmm. is you were talking about prevention and how important that is just overall the health. Um, and we do have another call waiting though, so I can put us both on hold. Welcome to Wine Body Health. Go ahead with your question. A 78-year-old male diagnosed 50 years ago with VTEC. Uh, wow. I've always been able you're to a, control it an, until wow. the last few months, and now it's more or less controlling me. Well, you were 78 and you had VTEC 50 years ago? Yeah. I was diagnosed at St. Lena Hospital, and wow. they brought in a specialist from San Francisco once a week. And he gave me this little speech and said, you don't have anything to worry about, but if this ever happens again, go immediately to the ER. Did you have ablation done? 
did you have a no. procedure done on your ventricles? That's no, really, no really, procedure that really, did a bunch really of stuff said, well, you know. I've seen one 20, 20, I've seen one 20-year-old woman or 22-year-old woman up in Covalo that had ventricular tachycardia. She had an ablation. Uh, they do an electrical map, sort of a road map of your ventricles. And then they ablate yeah. the area that's causing the focus for your ventral, vent, vent, uh, ventricular tachycardia, just like they do for the atrium, but it's more focused. So people with VTAC can get ablation, and I would talk to a cardiologist. I would go see Dr. Ploss or someone and see what they have to say. Okay. Most people, Thank you very most much. People die, sure. Most people die of VTAC. When you're having a heart attack and you get a dead piece of muscle in the bottom of the ventricles, you can get this irregular rhythm called ventricular tachycardia, which degenerates into ventricular fibrillation and you die. So most, nobody, there's very few people out there that have had VTAC that are alive to talk about it. Cobb knows all about this. What do you mean? And that I'm EMT. alive? Oh, well, I've dealt with CPR and so forth. I get it. I was like, I don't have that condition. Um, So we do have a caller holding, but what I wanted to bring up uh, relative to kind of just an anecdote from the previous caller, one of them about smoking is, yeah, I've had family members that smoked and then they quit smoking and their doctors gave them such high marks in terms of, of how beneficial it is if a person is a lifelong smoker but they quit. Um, you know, the quality of life improves for those people immediately, their recovery rates from surgeries. So this family member was, you know, going through surgical process and recovering and kind of struggling with their own self-esteem about their health and the doctors reassuring them hey you know what you had this one uh stroke event in your past i see in your record and you followed up with that and actually quit smoking that's huge because that means now years down the road you have the option of getting these surgeries or if you were a smoker you'd be excluded from these operations and and various options Two things I like to say, quit smoking. It takes five years before your chance of lung cancer goes back to normal. But I want everybody to realize that you lose lung function every year. You lose lung function every year. But if you smoke, you lose it at four times the rate of a non-smoker. And so whenever you quit, you're preserving what lung function you have left. One thing that people can do at home that I think is fascinating, find somebody your age that isn't a smoker. Okay, And if you're a smoker, blow on your finger as hard as you can, just like a match. You're trying to blow out a match. And then have a non-smoker blow on your finger. You don't have to have a pulmonary function test to realize that they have twice, twice, twice the lung function that you oh, have. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's and an interesting very, picture to associate with, say, birthday cakes and candles. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay, we'll move along. We have a caller holding... Uh, welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Are you there, caller? Hello. Yep, you're live on the radio. Oh, great! That's great. Um, I have a general question, uh, if that's okay. Yep. About Adventist Health. Okay. Um, 
I am uh, concerned about women's health, uh, reproductive health services uh, possibly being limited uh, in our only uh, hospital in Mendocino County, if that's true. And I just wonder... Um, yeah, it's not you know, true. What of those it's, services, if any, are limited? None uh, that I know of. And I've worked in the ER for 25 years, and there's never been any limitations on who needs to have a DNC and that sort of thing. So, um, so ectopic pregnancy, so clearing out a miscarriage, so any no abortion problem. services are all um, um, available. Available. Yes, I, I, so I have never heard of one complaint. Can bring their, um, you know, send their patient in for, say, abortion services or whatever. Yes, I think this is. I think the hospital views this as a patient doctor issue, and I've never heard anybody complain in 25 years that something was not uh, done that was appropriate and you know desired. Out. Outside of this show, if callers have questions like that about Adventist health policies and so forth, or what's available, uh, how do they find out about that, Marvin? You know, I would talk to your Gen Doc. I think that would be the very best knowledgeable person about what's happening. I, you know, if a woman has an OB Gen Doctor or a family practice doctor, I would ask them. I would think they would know more than I would. I'm just saying that it's never been an issue to my knowledge in the hospital. Right. And then something I hear about, too, and, and was something you were interested to bring up, I know it's um, definitely a challenge in some ways uh, for coastal residents in terms of regular medical care. They have less availability, it seems like, with some options. and, and Adapting hospitals with RNs is becoming increasingly difficult. What's an RN? A registered nurse. Yeah. Which are the troops for everything. The only reason the hospital runs is not the doctors, it's the registered nurses. And 20% of registered nurses quit over COVID the last couple of years. And it has devastated medical care just anywhere. Ask any hospital person what they want, and they'll say more registered nurses. Thank goodness we have a program that Dan Jenkins started at the college, mm -hmm. and we have a RN program that graduates. Uh, Becca, um, the head of the RN, the head of the ER, just hired four new nurses from the college to work in the ER. Uh, uh, it is a difficult daily problem finding enough nurses to staff all three hospitals, and more so on the coast. The coast has a lot of travelers. Got it, and. What's that program like? I mean, for somebody that's interested hearing about that, what what kind of education goes into becoming a registered nurse? Every everybody and their mother who wants to make a lot of money and serve the public, nurses are being paid two and three times as much money as they were five years ago. And Mendocino College has one of the best programs in the state. Every one of them passed their boards. They have an excellent track record. A lot of people have put out put their lives out, uh, Fran and a lot of people, to make the Mendocino College nursing program great. And what you do is you graduate from high school and you can start at the community college with your sciences. And I think it's two years and you go in a raffle, so to speak, um, 
there's restrictions about that. But then you get to do your two years at Mendocino um, College, and you come out an RN, and you can work anywhere in the country. Wow. So just two years? Are you saying two years general education and then two years as yes. registered? So overall, yes. a four-year process. I'm pretty sure it's four years. Yeah. Maybe a little less, but I'm pretty sure it's four years. And is there a lot of hands-on training, like uh, students working in the ER, or, yes. you know, internships, that kind of thing? They have a phenomenal – you would not believe that the mannequins that they have mm-hmm. at the college – they have babies. They have women that can give birth. They have ICU. They have ER. They have EMT. They have all this stuff. But then also, you do, you know, you work with the people on medical med surge, ER, surgery. They have, a, they have an excellent program at Mendocino College. Sounds like a potential guest to reach out there to yeah. uh, highlight that sometime yeah. soon. That sounds really interesting to me anyway. Uh Marvin, thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Our guests didn't show up, but we'll get them back on, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, that, that for me to you goes out just today, but also long term. Thanks for being here, and oh. we're coming up on the end in just a few minutes here, everyone, so we're not going to take any more calls. Uh, we got and about three minutes to this, go. And this wouldn't be happening except for Cobb, who I'll see you in two weeks in Philo. Yeah, well, except for a whole bunch of people, uh, the staff at KZYX, the members that support this, uh, and speaking to Marvin's uh, inspiration and, uh, in general, the the community health, KZYX does uh, a pretty amazing job, and thanks for supporting KZYX. If you're somebody out there listening today and you're interested in uh, this, you can always call here during studio hours. or business hours, it's 707-895-2324. They're always looking for help in terms of volunteers and potential new programmers, that sort of thing, like what I'm doing. Um, Additionally, you can become a member um, at all sorts of different levels. If you want to find out more about that or get a hold of this show, you can go online uh, to kzwax.org. Uh, there's a big donate now button. KZYX always could use um, additional help that way, but um, also you can find out about everything else KZYX has to offer and access past show material. So thanks for being here, Marvin. Have a, a great day and um, support KZYX. You too. Yeah. Thanks, thanks everybody. Uh, this has been another Mind Body Health show. Please stay tuned. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.